You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. This is our 83rd episode recorded on Wednesday, November the 15th. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe, along with my co-host, Kathy Amos. And as usual, we'll start this show with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And Kathy, I'm going to kind of go back to yesterday. The Hoosier Connect and Hoosiers for Good collectives uh, kind of worked together to raise NIL money. It was known as In for Indiana Day. And they did a great job yesterday of making some of the athletes available for uh, on like some YouTube videos. I know uh, we happened to see Jared and Galen talking with Mackenzie Holmes and Sydney Parrish and, and also Coach Morin, as well as I think they also had Miller Cop on in the segment I watched. I know that they had some uh, some clips from Cody Zeller, uh, uh, Victor Oladipo and others who were all part of it, but they overall, and we'll get to the number here in a little bit, but their goal was to try and raise as much money as possible for the NIL collectives. And they also had somebody who was going to give a matching donation dollar for dollar up to a million dollars. So they were, so anything that was raised yesterday was doubled. And with that, so good job and great effort by all the fans out there. And that's, I'm going to go with that as our, our banner moment, the Hoosiers Connect and Hoosiers for Good uh, collective drive yesterday in for Indiana. And I would imagine if you go to their websites, you probably can still even maybe make some donations and get those um uh, added into the collective. So our banner moment is brought to you by Home Field Apparel, presenting sponsor of the Back Home Network, who, who includes the Assembly Call and Crimson Cast. Home Field is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You're bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. They're constantly releasing, as we said, that new merchandise. Lately, it's been the bomber jackets. Really some neat stuff there. Not only do you get quality apparel, but you're supporting an Indiana-based business that has its roots in the Kelly School of Business. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME23, that's H-O-M-E-2-3, for 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code home 23 for 15% off. And again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, so we're going to throw it over to Kathy, and we'll get her take, and let's hear what she's got on her mind as we hit the, hit episode number 83 here tonight. Yeah, Jeff, I, I love your, your Who's Your Proud banner moment. I think that was the proud moment for us, and like you said, when we get to the news headline, we'll, we'll talk about how much money they raised, but there were some really sizable donations. I was kind of interested in the, the whole thing um, uh, Hoosier for Good project that they had going on yesterday, the, the day of giving yesterday. And so I actually kept the, the website up on my, my screen while I was working and I'd hit refresh and, and kind of see, but there were some really, really large donations. I was mm. really impressed. I even see, saw one person for a hundred thousand dollars. And so, um, and then some as small as $5. And so, you know, I think that is a, a good thing to highlight because 
it's for all different sports. It's not just men's basketball or football, but it's really towards a, all of our different sports that we have, which I think it's important um, for us to be able to support, support all of those. And I think it's great for people that, you know, we're willing to give, even if it's as little as $5, that it all adds up, which we'll get into that amount here in a minute. So I think that your, your banner moment was absolutely spot on. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Really excited about the basketball season starting, even though, you know, we didn't have the, the result we wanted to on Sunday against Stanford. I think that, you know, listening to Coach Moore and show um, that she had with Austin on Monday, the, the team is really taking it to heart and internalizing it and, and already diving into the film and really learning from it, which was what we really, I think, need to take away from Sunday as well. Um, and I think we'll see some good results here that we'll talk about with the upcoming two teams on Friday and Sunday. So... I'm just happy to be be back talking basketball and having live hoops to talk again. Yeah, and and I agree with you. I think there's a lot of things that could be learned. I don't want to say feel like they were taking anything lightly, but I think just realizing that you know when you're playing a caliber opponent that Stanford is, that you just you've got to bring your A game right from the get go. So I'm sure they've had uh, several talks over the last couple of days about getting off to good starts against those really against all teams but especially those better opponents uh let's go on with some news here and get your thoughts also a little bit on this kathy uh mckenzie holmes has been named to the wooden award preseason top 50 watch list um that was just announced i believe yesterday yesterday every early yesterday late monday and then yesterday as we mentioned hoosiers connect had their in for indiana campaign along with hoosiers for good to help raise nil funds for iu athletes last i saw kathy you might have an updated number on this but the last i saw they had raised with that matching donation nine hundred and eighty five thousand one hundred and forty dollars that was the last number i saw yeah that was the last number I saw as well. So just fantastic. I think their goal was 1 million. So just missed it. But, you know, again, there were so many donations of different sizes out there. It was really, really fun to see all the, the Hoosiers out there supporting um, our NIL. Yeah. And then finally, the the polls came out earlier this week. IU dropped to 18th in the AP poll, 17th in the coaches poll following the loss to Stanford. I, I really wasn't shocked, Kathy, that they dropped into the to the late teens there. I thought that was actually a fair rating based on how they had played out at Stanford. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wasn't surprised at that either. You know, we had we had quite a bit of shifting. Really, if you look at all of the, the rankings, you know, in the top 10, you know, we had already talked about prior to us losing on Sunday, we already had had Ohio State and LSU losing as well. And, you know, of course, I think both of those dropped out of the top 10. We had um, South Carolina take over the number one spot, you know, having beat Notre Dame quite handily. Um, and then we had Iowa moving into that number two spot after they beat Virginia Tech. So a, a lot of movement and a lot of fun parody. I think the, the basketball season for women's basketball is just going to be even more up and down this year than we have been starting to see. And, and that's really actually kind of fun to see. You get a lot more competitive mm. basketball. You don't just walk in and have these, you know, most of the time really one lopsided, one sided um, wins one way or another. So I, I think it's really overall good for the sport. Yeah, and then what I think last night I saw Utah lost uh, as well. And then yeah. also uh, not only did South Carolina run Notre Dame pretty much out of the gym, they ran Maryland out of the gym over the weekend yeah. as well. Um, and, and so I saw, oh, UConn lost over the weekend to an unranked North Carolina State team. So like you yeah. said, yeah, a lot of parity yeah, right now. 
An, an interesting thing with the LSU game, I think it was last night um, that my husband was telling me uh, before we, we started here that I, even though they won, Angel Reese got benched. She didn't play at all in the second half. Coach's wow. decision. So, you know, I think she kind of got called out after that loss that they had. Um, you know, Kim McCulkey didn't say her by name, but she would definitely was alluding to, you know, have, needing more leadership from her returning veteran players and whatnot. And, yeah, she ended up pulling her and benching her for the entire second half of that game from that they had last night. So I, just some really interesting headlines and fascinating storylines, I think, going on this year. Yeah, I think it, and and as we get some more of these non-conference games, I think we'll see some more of that. So I think it's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on as we go throughout the last part of November into the middle of December. A lot of leagues are going to play conference games at first, like the Big Ten. Yep. We're going to play there. Oh, this is everything thing I didn't put in the newscast. I want to kind of get your thought. Um, there was a report yesterday that the Big Ten is trying to finalize their conference schedules going forward. Uh, this was more on the men's side, where the men play 20 games compared to the women's 18. But with the West Coast schools coming in, whether they should leave it at 20 or move it to 21 or even possibly 22 conference games. And I know it's on the men's side, but you know that if the men move, you got a feeling the women are going to, yeah. you know, they're not going to stay at 18. I, I just can't imagine. So it'll be interesting to see how that conference schedule shakes out a little bit next year, don't you think? Yeah, I, I do. Um, and I think, you know, just like on the men's side, if they they up the women's game to, to 20 from the 18 that we have now, I, that just means two of your non-conference games go off the schedule. So um, I would, I would imagine that we would take some of the maybe lower opponents off of the schedule, as opposed to, you know, some of the the marquee games, like I don't see a Stanford going away or the Tennessee upcoming game, or if we're able to travel to the Bahamas again, things like that probably won't come off. So I'm guessing maybe there's maybe some of those mid-major games come off of there. Is that kind of your, your thought as well? Yeah, and I think that's I think that's going to be kind of the key. Uh, and but you're also going to be you're going to have a balance there. You don't want to totally upload your you know yep. uh, you know load up your schedule because the Big Ten is not going to be easier. You're going to bring in a pretty solid Washington or excuse me a pretty solid Oregon team. A, and right now, what are top twenty teams in UCLA and USC? Um, yeah. So, you know, you, you're going to go there. I think it would be more interesting, Kat. I'll be interested to see how they kind of work out the travel. Well, you know, like when we were in school, you know, I'm a, a few years older than you, but we're roughly the same age. Back then, you know, on the men's side, especially, you used to have travel partners. You know, if you went to Illinois one weekend, you were probably going to go to Northwestern on the next game. You know, you played Thursday in Illinois and th Saturday at Northwestern or, or vice versa. If you went to Michigan, you played Michigan, Michigan State in a weekend and came back, yeah. you know, um, and they kind of got away from that years ago. But I'll be interested to see if they do something with that with the west coast swings because i can't imagine budget i know they're getting a ton of tv money but you would think okay you're going to go out west let's have you play a washington a ucla on the same swing don't don't go yeah. play ucla fly back to play ohio state at home on sunday you know i to me that'll be interesting to see how they kind of group the that scheduling like that for their west coast trips i know with some of the excuse me the non-revenue sports they've been talking about that kind of thing with yeah. how to kind of how to do kind of west coast midwest swings west coast east coast swings however you want to talk about it. what do you think about that idea of, you know some kind of travel partner like that 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, to me, logistically, it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, to your point, you know, I don't think you're going to fly out to California and then turn around and fly over to Penn State and play, you know, two or three days later. It's just going to be too hard on the the players, too. I mean, you know, there is there is the time zone difference as well, not to mention the the long travel and um, in, in addition to the expense. So I, I for I would be shocked if they don't pair a lot of those games together so that they're, you know, kind of back to back kind of like maybe this last week and we played Stanford on Sunday and then maybe they just stay out in California and play another game, you know, somewhere out there. It's kind of what you're thinking out in the West coast. Yeah. That to me makes the most sense. So it'd be interesting to see how it starts um, rolling out for next year. And by the way, I will go back real quick to the Hoosiers Connect thing, the, the NINL initiative in for Indiana. You can find some of those interviews on YouTube. So if you just go to YouTube and, 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 um, uh, search Hoosiers Connect in for Indiana, which I, I think you'll find it pretty quickly. Like I said, I watched the one with Jared and Galen and Austin Render with Coach Morn, and then she left, and then Sydney Parrish and, and McKenzie Ron together. So it's really it was kind of an interesting watch because you get a little bit of insight to the kids and 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 some of their experience with NIL. And again, kudos to Jared and Austin and Galen for conducting those interviews. I thought they did a great job. So hey, let's talk about Murray State real quick. That's you want it. how about that? Yes, let's do. All, right. all right, so I'll do kind of the preview, and I'll let you get into some of the players a little bit. All right, okay. Murray Sounds State, good. Indiana's opponent on Friday. That game will be on Big Ten Plus. It will start at seven Eastern, six Central. And Kathy, I'm actually going to get to go. I'm going to actually cover the game for uh, the Back Home Network and and help Ari out. Ari's actually going to be over at the volleyball game, and so I'm going to be able to help Ari out and help cover the game a little bit. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, with that. So again, that tip time is seven Eastern, six central, and will air on big 10 plus IU is two and oh, all time against Murray state. The last time they played was 2012 as part of the 2012, 2013 season. IU won on the road at Murray 63, 62. They're coached by Rochelle Turner in her seventh season at Murray state 91 and 89 overall. Uh, they were 15 and 16 last year, seven and 13 in the Missouri Valley. She played at Missouri State, former player nine, from 1991 to 1994. And then she spent 21 years as a high school coach in Murray, Kentucky, where she went 460 and 178. So she's got a good pedigree. So I think it's just a matter of time getting it built back up. So, um, and as as of today, they're one and one with a loss to Arkansas and a victory over Cumberland and NAIA team. And their next game isn't until Friday when they play us. Yeah. So from a player perspective, they do have um, Ava Learn. She's a 6'1 junior guard or forward. Um, she's actually a transfer from Purdue. So um, transferring over there from, from Purdue and in their um, so very short season so far with their two games, she is averaging 15 and a half points per game and seven and a half rebounds per game. Um, additionally, they have Caitlin Young. She is also 6'1". Um, she is a... Um, senior forward that um, is playing for them. So one of their more experienced players in their uh, first couple of games, she averaged, excuse me, for her career, she has averaged 18.6 points per game. Last year is 21 points per game. And she also throws in 8.4 rebounds for her career or 7.8 last year. Um, she's um, pretty good shooting in terms of field goal percentage for her career. She sh has shot 53% field goal percentage. 36% from three and 86% from the free throw line. For last year, she was the all Missouri Valley Conference um, 
on the all move. My goodness, I can't talk tonight. I, She's on the all mover Missouri NBC team last year, and she led the NBC in scoring. And she was actually tenth in the nation in scoring. Um, she's in 21 and 22. She was the, the NBC player of the year and led the conference in scoring and rebounding as well. Um, additionally, they have Zoe Stewart, who is a 5'10 redshirt freshman guard. Um, she uh, has scored 11 and a half points per game and two rebounds per game in the first couple of games. And then from last year, they have Hannah McKay, who's a six foot senior um, forward. Um, she averaged 10.4 points per game last year. She's only around six points per game this year, but I wonder if um, her role has changed or if it's just been early in the season and maybe this first couple of games weren't a, a, maybe a great, good matchup, but she's another one I think we probably should keep an eye on. Yeah, and I also point out that Zoe Stewart, a Terre Haute North High School grad, she comes. So she's she made her way down to Murray State from Terre Haute North. She redshirted last year, um, but she looks like she was a she was a pretty big time scorer at Terre Haute North um, as well. So, the, but I really am interested in, in Caitlin Young. I think to me that's going to be a matchup you see with McKenzie, and it's been in a and traditionally the type of matchup that Mac has really thrived against. And I got a feeling Friday night, Mac's going to want to come out and show that that performance at Stanford was the anomaly. It was the exception, yeah. not the rule. But Caitlin Young, as you said, all Missouri Valley last year, two years ago, they were still in the Ohio Valley Conference and she led, she was the player of the year in that league two years ago. So she's a solid player. And that's the one reason I was really kind of worried about her is, you know, she's got some experience. She's not going to be afraid. Now, she may not play well, but she's not going to walk into Assembly Hall with, with fear. She's been around for a while and played some good teams. So, but I I, I think you're right about uh, McKay a little bit. And even Young's numbers in the first couple games are down a little bit from her career. But I think that's also because you take in Ava Learn now coming in from Purdue, who yeah. is taking more of an offensive role, which is maybe distributing the roles a little bit. So I thought an excellent point there about that um yeah so with that so uh any other thoughts about murray state kathy other yeah. than i think they'll be a solid team as they go through the year but yeah. to me this is a game indiana should be able to win then yeah we definitely should be able to win i think our, our women are going to come out with a chip on their shoulders for sure the interesting thing i i think is just the ties that you talked about right we have zoe stewart from paducah excuse me Terre Haute. um we have uh caitlin young who is coming in as a a senior. And then, you know, you got able to learn that the Purdue transfer. So I, I'll be just kind of curious if they come in and just have something that they feel like they're, they're wanting to kind of prove against Indiana as well. So I, I just, hopefully I, you know, our women are kind of ready for that because we saw that with, with army right on the men's side mm -hmm. where we had a team that came in and really didn't weren't, weren't afraid of the moment. And they felt like they really had a point to prove. And I can see Murray state being somewhere in that same line too. But at the end of the day, I feel like um, hopefully this will be another, another game where we see a lot of our bench in that second half, especially. Yeah, and then let's talk about Lipscomb real quick uh, yes. because, again, this is going to well, be an interesting about this is now you're going to kind of get into that mold of playing a couple days after another game. So you're going to play Friday, turn around and play Sunday uh, against Lipscomb. That game will be at 2 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, 1 p.m. Central on Big Ten Plus again. Uh, it's the first ever meeting against Lipscomb, which for those of you who don't know, Lipscomb is located in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, yep. They are two and one with victories over Evansville and Moorhead State and a loss to Fairfield. And then they actually play on Friday as well. They're going to play Tennessee State 
on Friday. Their head coach is Lauren Sumsky, her fifth season at Lipscomb, where she has a 49-65 and 65 record. She's young, though, Kathy. I think it says she's 27 years old. She's got to be oh, one wow. of the youngest head coaches in Division One. Uh, and it's she her is, fifth season, huh? Yeah, she got hired wow. at like 23, you know, 24. You know, 23 or something like that, because she actually spent a couple years at D3 Rhodes College where she played. Um, but she, they were 20 and 12 in the A Sun last year, 13 and 5 in the league, or excuse me, they were 20 and 12 playing in the A Sun. They were 13 and 5 in the league. So this is a team that they that they, they believe they've got a chance to make some some uh, real noise come in the A Sun conference season and into the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um so other fun fact with Lipscomb, that's who our soccer team plays for the first round of the NCAA. So <laughs> we got a couple of Lipscomb matchups, but back to basketball. Um, so in terms of players, they have uh, Bella Benson. She is a 6'2 junior. Um, she's a guard or a forward, however, um, somewhere in between there. She has averaged 10.7 points per game just under four rebounds per game and assists per game in her career. She shoots 36% from three and 78% from free throw line. Um, she was on the all A Sun conference team in 22 and 23. And then as a freshman, she was on the all Sun A Sun freshman team as well. Additionally, they have Aaliyah Soriento. She is a 6'2 junior forward. She spent one year at Old Miss. Um, so far this year, she is averaging 12.6 points per game and 8.4 rebounds. And then finally, um, the last person we should hear a name of and keep an eye on is Clara McGowan. She's a 5'7 junior guard. She spent, ironically, one year at Murray State. <laughs> so transferring over then to Lipscomb from Murray State. Um, she is um, averaging 10.4 points per game in the early going of this season and four rebounds per game and is shooting 36% from three-point land. So and that is a highlight of Lipscomb. Yeah, and again, I think this is one of those where based on just our talent, they graduated their best player. I can't remember her name, but I remember looking at the stats from last year and realizing she wasn't yeah. on the roster this year. And they, so uh, she graduated. She was an all-league type player. Um, as well. So um, the, not quite a rebuild, but I think they're maybe still searching for who they want to be their go-to person. Uh, and But it's another one. I feel like, you know, this is one of those, we come in focus, come in ready to play that you, it really should just be a good solid win for the, for the Hoosiers. Yeah. I think it was Jalen um, Holcomb is that yes. I believe who they, they graduated. Yeah. So good call. She, yeah. She um, was averaging. So last year she averaged 12.6 points per game for them. Um, she was right behind Bella Vincent in, in scoring. So that's probably a big hole they're trying to fill. Um, I'm guessing with Aaliyah Sorrento and um, Clara McGowan, their two transfers. Yeah. So, yeah. but again, I just think this is one of those, we don't know much about Lipscomb. Um, excuse me. I have a tough time talking tonight too. They, um, <laughs> but they, uh, again, just another game I think we should be in pretty good shape with. Don't you think? Yeah, I do too. I mean, I don't see a whole lot of, again, big size, you know, on their roster. They do have, again, Aaliyah Sorrento is six foot two. So I'd expect that's probably going to be the matchup. Um, either, I guess Bella Vincent is too, but I, I'm thinking probably um, Aaliyah Sorrento. But um, yeah, I just, I, I would be surprised again right now with the, the talents that they would be able to match up very well with Indiana. And again, you know, 
coming off of that loss, I would expect that our, our women are really going to be wanting to prove something in both of these games. Um, and, you know, I, I heard coach again, coach Morin on her radio show, were using words like they were embarrassed by their play mm -hmm. and, you know, all around. And so I, I think that, you know, this is a veteran IU team. And I think that they're going to bounce back from that and really show it on the floor in these two games. Real quick, back to the Murray State game, because that'll be the first game they play coming off this loss. And I didn't have this in the run sheet, Kathy, so I kind of just thought of this off the top of my head. So forgive me for putting this on you. But what's what's maybe one thing you're looking for in that Murray State game on Friday night? Uh, for me personally, what I'm going to be really looking for out of the beginning and really in both of these games is that they're locked in on defense from the beginning. Um, we saw in Stanford, I don't think they ever really got locked in on defense, but if you even go back to the Illinois, um, the Illinois, Eastern Illinois game, I felt that first five minutes, they weren't quite, you know, locked in on defense then either. And I think that's something, you know, the, that coach Morris talked about again in her, her, um, weekly radio shows a couple of times now is defense, right? And that's always what Coach Moore and team has mm -hmm. been hanging their hat on is defense. And it just seems like we're, we've kind of slipped a little bit this year. So to me, I'm going to be really watching more of the defensive ends in both of these games. Yeah, I'm going to kind of watch early on to see what they're doing offensively. Um, I, I thought we settled for some shots on Sunday yeah. against Stanford a little early. Uh, I didn't think they were terrible shots, but I thought we could have got that same shot five, six seconds later in the shot clock than we did. Um, but I also want to see if maybe we tried to pound it inside to Mac a little bit early, see if yeah. we can establish get her, get her going. So that's really that those to me, they, they, I know it's not like two things, but that's to me is the same thing. What, what are right. we looking for on offense? And I agree with you about the defense, but I also want to see us. Um, I kind of want to be hopeful that we'll use that defense that you talked about to maybe spur some of the offense, yeah, maybe transition. get the, yep. get the transition game going. And then another thing, Kathy, I think you and I've talked about this a lot. We talked a little bit about it on Sunday coming out of that game. Can we get back to playing eight or nine, maybe even 10 people? Because we yep. really only played about six, seven people. I think I think Lene finally got up to 11 minutes of, of mm -hmm. game time mm -hmm. on Sunday. But it, for the most part, it was the starting five and Lexi for the bulk of the game. And, and again, I just think we got to find a way to get into seven, eight, nine, you know, eight, nine on a consistent basis. Right. Yeah, I think the last thing I'll be watching for. So defense is my number one. My other thing is rebounding. I feel mm -hmm. like we've not been um, rebounding real well either as a team in either of our games. Like I know we out rebounded Eastern Illinois, but I just really want to see that we can put some team rebounding together and really um, have our guards go in there and help us out and, and do a little better job on the boards. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I think we're going to see a very – I believe we'll see a very focused team come Friday yeah, at, at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. So anything else you want to add about these two teams? No, I don't think so. Hopefully it, it uh, becomes a non-event for us to talk about um, when we do our sh next show on Sunday. Yep. So we'll talk about what's coming up next here after a little music. And as Kathy mentioned, our next episode will be Sunday, November 19th. That's going to be at 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 Central. It won't be a immediate post-game show on Sunday. We will not have a show after the game on Friday. As I mentioned, I'm going to be actually attending the game. And then um, we'll just do a kind of a combined Murray State and um, Lipscomb post-game show on Sunday at 6 Eastern, 5 Central. So join us then. The men are also playing that day, so we're trying to make sure we give enough buffer zone in there for Assembly Calls post-game radio show as well. And then we'll come on 
a little bit later. We hope you all will join us. Assembly Call will be on tomorrow night following the Wright State game. So I can't tell you exactly what time, but their post-game show will be tomorrow night when they uh, after the Wright State game. And I think that's a – Kathy's probably looking it up right now, but I want to yeah, say that. I got it. Is that a um, seven? We play seven Eastern, six Central tip time for the game, the men's game tomorrow night. Yep. So, so approximately nine a.m. or nine a.m. nine p.m. Central time or Eastern time, eight p.m. Eastern. Uh, I cannot talk. Nine p.m. <laughs> Eastern time, eight p.m. Central time for that post game show with Jared and yep. the crew over at uh, Assembly Call for their post game show. Kathy, before we wrap this up, do you have any final thoughts on the on what we since we talked on Sunday? Got any final thoughts that you want to mention to their fans tonight? No, I don't think so. Just again, another thank you for all the people that um, gave to the the Hoosier for Good collective yesterday, and um, everyone out there supporting us as well. And yeah, I you know, I guess I do have one other thought on Stanford. I, I, I'm not, I don't go on Twitter a whole lot anymore, but I did go out just a little bit just to see what kind of comments were coming after the Stanford game, right? Because I think on the men's side we would have just seen Twitter blowing up with all kinds <laughs> of negative comments, right? I did not see that on the women's side. Now, again, maybe there were some that came later after I looked, but of the, you know, couple dozen, 20 or so that I read, they were all actually really positive and encouraging. And I hope we see that in our crowd um, still showing up here for the game on Friday and Sunday as well. So I was really quite impressed with our fan base with the reaction that at least the little bit I could see out on public social media where they're like hey this happens you'll bounce back you'll go get them next time for the most part i didn't see hardly any really super negative comments out there so i'm um, just really proud of our fan base for for doing that as well yeah i would totally agree with that and i think they've bought a little bit of goodwill with the fan base with the way they've played over the last few years uh whereas talking about the men yeah they're yeah, they're yeah. winning not <laughs> easily but they're winning and there's meltdown happening on twitter so exactly. or x i should call it x, yeah. you know it'd be official um but yeah i i think that is a really good point kathy and again for those of you who missed it yesterday that interview with sydney Parrish and coach Morin. Well, Coach Moore on her own, and then Sydney Parrish and McKenzie, they talk a little bit about the, the battle with social media a little bit, about the fact that, you know, kids are going to be on it. They, they all have their Instagram. They all have their, you know, their ex, their, you know, their things they do, TikTok, but about how you try to control what you're putting out, what you're seeing, and trying not to let it be negative impact. Because even Coach Moore said it can have positive impact too, but it also how you try and keep it from having negative impact. So again, if you guys get an opportunity, go onto YouTube and search for that. Again, at Hoosiers Connect or in for Indiana, you should be able to find it uh, pretty easily. It was a nice about half hour, 45 minute interview with those those three combined. So, um, but I thought that was a really good point. And Kathy, you brought, and I appreciate you bringing up that point about our fan base on the women's side here that they weren't having a meltdown on Sunday. So yeah. So. I think you can find it out on the Back Home Network YouTube channel too. Yeah, that yeah, that's true. I think you can. I think it is now posted. Yep. yep. So, and so. speaking of which, if you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, the Workaholics, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And that's YouTube.com/slash at Back Home Network. That's relatively new over the last couple of weeks. So again, YouTube.com/slash 
at Back Home Network is where you can find our videos on YouTube. You can be a part of our private community as well. Again, this is relatively new. Find out more at assemblycall.substack.com. And, and again, bear with us a little bit. We're all trying to get used. Kathy and I have had some of the same issues. Saw some again today about trying to navigate Substack. It is new for us. We're all trying to kind of figure it out as we go along. So please bear with us. But you can find all the Assembly Call there all the assembly call news, doing the work, crimson cast, that kind of crimson cast and that stuff at assemblycall.substack.com. Also, don't forget what Kathy and I are trying to be a little more active in our discord community. If you want on game days, uh, I, again, I will have a hard time on Friday, but on on Sunday, I'll try to get, okay. Kathy will have it on Saturday, Friday. I'll try to be a little more active on Sunday with the, with the discord as you know, or kind of our live game chat. And then with that, so special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logos. And a big thank you to Bob Thompson for our music that you heard throughout the broadcast. And thank you guys for listening, wherever you are, whether you're watching us live on YouTube or you're getting us from your favorite podcast feed. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you soon. That'll be Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 Central. And until then, we'll talk to until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers. All right. All right. Hey, we're getting good at this. It's like the third show in a row. We've kept right to about half an hour. Look fast, go. We should hurry and end it before we get too long. So, <laughs> of course, you know, the first time there's a big game that's a close game, we're going to have to go way past that. So, we will. We will. I know. Hey, uh, yes. No, I was going to say, uh, I was watching a little bit. You're talking about Iowa moving up to number two. I only got to see a bit and piece of it, but I thought Northern Iowa might give them a little better game, and they they really took care of Northern Iowa. Did well. I didn't get to watch any of that game. I can't remember what I had going on, but I saw the score um, of once in a while, and that was about it. I didn't see any of it, so I have, yeah. I have no it, comments on it. So. I will say this right now, at least for the few teams in the Big Ten who have played prominent opponents in the non, you know the non-conference schedule, it, it, the Big Ten's not faring great. The Maryland lost, no. IU lost, uh, Ohio, Ohio State, State lost. You know, yep. so you know, yeah. outside of Iowa, it, you know, it, you Iowa know, has looked really good too. Yes, when have. I watched them against Virginia Tech, they looked really good. Yeah, we didn't really talk about that Virginia Tech game, but an interesting, you know, another um, first for women's basketball. You know, they had that game in Charlotte, North Carolina. And evidently there was a, a business owner that had seen Caitlin Clark and I will play in the final four and championship game last year and saw how much um, attention they drew and how the attendance was and everything. And there was a business person that said, you know what, I want to bring Iowa in to Charlotte and get a marquee matchup. And that's how that, that Virginia tech um, Iowa came, came about. And both of those schools got paid $150,000 each too. So um, to come and play. And I thought that was really an interesting thing to, to, to hear and learn. So I think you're going to see more, I think you're going to see more and more of that in the women's game. going Absolutely. Forward. Absolutely. So. Yeah. We had a game in Paris this year and that mm -hmm. one. So I think it's just really cool. Some of the things we're starting to see. So, so Kathy, appreciate being here tonight with you. Yes. We'll talk Sunday, have fun Friday night. I will. We'll talk to you on Sunday until then you have a great rest of your week. You too. All right. Bye everybody. everybody.